Today's scripture is from the 10th chapter of Mark. In fact, this is the first of a three-sermon sort of mini-series based on the 10th chapter of Mark's gospel. Uh, there's a podcast I watch from England uh, that has to do with lectionary stuff, and they were saying, oh, don't ever preach a 45-minute sermon. And I said, well, I preach a 45-minute sermon, but I do it over three or four weeks. <laughs> Well, we'll consider three episodes in which encounters with Jesus can teach us about discipleship. Today we'll read about the rich young ruler. Next week involves the disciples, James and John, who have a request. And the next week we'll read about Bartimaeus, a beggar who was blind. So listen now for the word of God from Mark 10, starting at the 17th verse. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up and knelt before him and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. He said to him, Teacher, I've kept all these since my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You lack one thing. Go sell what you own. Give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving. For he had many possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples how hard it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. And the disciples were perplexed at these words. But Jesus said to them again, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were greatly astounded and said to one another, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For mortals it is impossible, but not for God. For God, all things are possible. Peter began to say to him, Look, we left everything and followed you. Jesus said, Truly I tell you, there's no one who has left house or brothers, or sister or mother or father or children or fields for my sake and for the sake of the good news who will not receive a hundredfold now in this age. Houses, brothers and sisters, mothers and children, fields with persecutions. And in the age to come, eternal life. But many who are first will be last, and the last will be first. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. In this scene, a fellow is walking along humming a song. I'm an old Calhoun, he's singing. When he's rudely interrupted by a robber's demand, your money or your life. <clears throat> there's a long pause and the robber repeats his demand your money or your life 
And the guy says, I'm thinking it over. <laughs> that was a radio skit in March of 1948 before some of us were born. <laughs> but it was a line that, that stuck with that comedian Jack Benny, a man who made a running joke of his being such a cheapskate, such a skinflint, that if he were faced with the choice, your money or your life, he really would have to think it over. Well, how about you? If you were in the shoes of the man who ran to Jesus to ask the question, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What would you think of Jesus' response? Now, mind you, we often describe this man as a rich young ruler, but Mark's gospel just said he's a man who ran up and knelt. Matthew, in his account of this story, describes him as young, and Luke, in his account, describes him as a ruler. Now, of course, some of us would read that he ran and kneeled, uh, and we'd know for sure his knees were young. <laughs> what do you think of Jesus' response? First, he questions the greeting, saying, why do you call me good? No one's good but God alone. But then Jesus reminds the young fellow of some of the Ten Commandments. All the ones Jesus lists deal with how we relate to other people. You remember he said, you know the commandments, shall not murder, not commit adultery, not steal, not bear false witness. And then he puts one in that's not actually in the original ten, shall not defraud, although it's a form of lying, I guess. And then honor your father and mother. And the wealthy young fellow is ready for this. This is a test he's prepared for all of his life. He said to Jesus, Teacher, I have kept all these commandments since my youth. Now, I don't know whether he violated them in his youth and since then or what, how to take that, but, but he's been good since, since he was a young man at least. You can almost see him smiling and standing tall, proud, waiting for Jesus to say something on the order. All right, all right, all right, thou good and faithful servant, prepare to be richly blessed. But that is not what Jesus does. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, you lack one thing. Go sell what you own. Give the money to the poor. You'll have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. Well, you know the sad ending of this story. When he heard this, he was shocked and went away grieving for he had many possessions. This is a rare occasion for someone to be personally called by Jesus and turn him down. Jesus told him, go, sell, give, come, and follow. But this man got hung up on those first two steps. He could not bear to go and sell. Well, let's consider the three parts of this challenge from Jesus. Sell your stuff. House, car, jewels, furs, big screen TV, computer, cell phone, coffee maker, clothes, all of it. Oh, man, not my books, my CDs. Oh. <laughs> well... Jesus does not praise poverty, nor does he condemn riches. He does tell us to avoid the trap of defining who we are by our stuff. So first he challenges us not to let our stuff own us. But he doesn't just say, sell your stuff. He says, give the money to the poor. Well, who wants to do that? If I 
or you, or one of us were told to do that, at least one of us would be saying, they didn't earn it, I did. It's my hard work. Now, if you did decide to divest yourself of some of your hard-earned riches, you might prefer to do what a lot of rich folks do these days. You know, set up a foundation in your own name. Give out some grants to folks you're sure are deserving. You know, let your relatives and friends come begging for it. And, you know, you'd decide who was deserving after reading that 40-page grant application. Well, whatever way you do it, Jesus says, give to the poor. So first we're challenged to not let our stuff on us. Then we're told to give the money to the poor. But then comes the hardest challenge. Come follow me. What's he really mean? Well, we have a little idea of what it meant to the disciples because they tell us. At least Peter did. In that 28th verse we read, he says, Look, we left everything and followed you. Well, if you go back to the first chapter of Mark, we read, As Jesus passed along the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, Follow me, and I will make you fish for people. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. And as he went a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John, who were in the boat mending the nets. Immediately he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. You see, they left their job, their family, their security, their identity, everything. What does it mean for you and me? Well, it means to define ourselves not in terms of our stuff, our power, our title, our position, ourselves, but in terms of our relationship with Almighty God the source of all good gifts, the source of life, the grantor of eternal life. You see, there was a problem with the man's original question. You remember what he asked? He said, what must I do to inherit, inherit eternal life? You hear the problem? What must I do? Eternal life is not something we can earn by some good deed or even a lifetime of good deeds. It's not something that we do. Eternal life is gained only by the grace of God through Jesus Christ. So how would you respond to that three-part challenge from Jesus? You know, sell your stuff, house, car, so on. Give the money to the poor. Come and follow me. Or to put it another way, now that you've had a little while to think about it, what's your answer to that question? Your money or your life? Thanks be to God.